Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ChevchenkoFoundation.com. If you're interested in preserving or just enjoying Ukrainian culture, check out the Ukrainian-Canadian Cultural Society of Nanaimo. There's dancing, music, food, arts and crafts, and more. To join, call Gina, 250-758-1561.
And that was the Luhansky Kozakia from their CD, Heved Nostalo, and uh, a song by that same title. And that goes back to about a hundred years ago. Um, it is a song about the Sitchevistudiltsi, which is the uh, the Sitch sharpshooters uh, during uh, fighting for Ukrainian independence. Uh, a hundred years ago, seems history is constantly repeating itself in that part of the world. And uh, Luhansky Kozakia, of course, that um, was a group from Luhansk, which is uh, in the troubled war zone right now in Ukraine, and um, not much of it left, apparently. Um, fortunately, they recorded that album, and uh, that music will be with us always. Luhansky Kozakia with Hey Vednosela. And you are listening to Hour 2 of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio on CHLY 101.7 FM. I am your host, Pavlina. Coming up next is a song uh, moving up a little bit in time uh, to another war. This is a World War II era, and uh, this is a song uh, from the UPA, the uh, Ukrainian insurgent army fighting the Nazis and the Soviets at the same time um, in World War II and the years after. Here is a song from that era sung by Sofia Fedena. It's called Navkrayini Surmehrayuch, and that means across Ukraine, the trumpet sound. Субтитры сделал 
This is Stefan Andrusiak from Rushnechok, and you're listening to Nash Holos with host Paulette McQuarrie. Дорогі слухачі, від всіх наших членів оркестри Рушничок, великий привіт вам. Ви слухаєте радіопередачу Наш голос. Іде, іде чорна кура додому. Я що я здебречина додому. Зайшла мені чорна кура дорогу. Іде, іде чорна кура додому, Не заважай, не заважай, по дорозі нікому. Іде, іде чорна кура додому, Не заважай, не заважай, по дорозі нікому. Причина до густу, знайшов же я вишиваною густу. Ой, чи мила, чи не мила, і шила, Лемеона, лемеона, вишиваною била. Ой, чи мила, чи не мила, і шила, Лемеона, лемеона, вишиваною била. Я 
And another wild and crazy polka band from Edmonton that was UB from their first CD, Hardwood Harmonics and Black Chicken Stew. And before Rushnichuk, uh, you heard Litichalka Cherizbalku by Cherimshena, joined by Mark Bidnarchuk, um, who is with the group, uh, the duo Privit. And uh, that song was from, oh, back about the 1980s, originally a vinyl recording, which is, you may have heard the little clicks that is, uh, was recorded off of vinyl, my vinyl album. And, um, that song is, uh, poetry of Shevchenko's and, uh, it was the English translation is a jackdaw flies over the ravine. There's an old Ukrainian song that was heard again recently after protesters were fatally shot in Kiev. It's the story of a woman whose son leaves for war. It's now become sort of a cross between an anthem and a dirge, first sung widely in memory of the Maidan massacre a year ago, what is now referred to as Nebesna Sotnya, the Heavenly Hundred, and now of the valiant 21st century struggle of Ukrainians for freedom, one of so many throughout the centuries. The title of the song is Pliva Kacha, which translates as A Duck is Swimming. One of those songs on a nature theme, innocuous, innocuous sounding title, but it's not really about nature. Well, maybe human nature. Hey, see the mallard floating on the Tissin River. Mama, do not scold me. You will scold me at the wrong hour. I don't know where I will die. I will die in a foreign land. Who will choose my grave? Strangers will choose my grave. Will you not grieve then, my mama? How will I not grieve then, my son? You once rested on my heart. You rested on my heart. This rendition has gone viral in Ukrainian circles recently. It was performed at a Ukrainian singing contest by Daria, uh, or Darena Stepanyuk, from Ushorod. This delightful young singer stole the heart of the judges, in particular one of Ukraine's most popular and beloved rock stars, Sviatoslav Vikarchuk of Okean Ilza. And she didn't just steal his heart. This clip includes some of the reaction from the audience. Here is Daria Stepanyuk with Plevakacha. Oh, 
знаю, де погину, сам не знаю, де погину. Слухайте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо українського коріння, котра подається вам на хвилі CHLY 1017 FM у місті Нанаймо. Говорить Павліна. You're listening to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio, broadcasting live at CHLY 101.7 FM in beautiful downtown Nanaimo. I'm your host, Павліна. Welcome to Beyond the Blue Mirror, a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. Each program features a folktale or legend, as well as a related real-life story, enhanced with traditional and contemporary music. My name is Linda Mikolayenko. Thank you for joining me. The Stolen Postole Bondachuk was up to no good. This rich farmer was always plotting ways to get the poor peasants to work on his land for next to nothing. And now, now he had his eyes set on Danilo, a big, strong man. But how to enlist him? 
He stewed and he schemed and he twirled the ends of his long black mustache until, until he came up with a plan. And then he sent one of his servants to steal something from Danello. In the dark of night, the servant crept into Danello's hut. Careful not to wake the sleeping man, he tiptoed about, looking for something worth stealing. But Danello was so poor, he couldn't find anything. All night long he looked, and finally, just before dawn, he realized that Danello had no real valuables, and so he quickly grabbed a pair of postolets, a pair of shoes, and ran out the door. In the morning, Danello awoke, yawned and stretched and rubbed his eyes, but when he reached for his postolet, well, they were gone. He scratched his head and tried to remember where he had left them, but he was certain that he had put them beside his bed as he always had. Outside, the frost lay thick on the ground. Winter was on its way, and he wondered how he would survive without a pair of shoes. As he sat there, suddenly the door to his hut burst open, and in walked Bundachuk, the wealthy farmer who lived nearby. Why so glum, Danilo? he said. Why shouldn't I be sad? replied Danilo. Some scoundrel has stolen my postolet. Winter is on its way, and I don't have a cent to buy a new pair. Oh, that is indeed terrible. Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. But uh, don't worry. I'll uh, buy you a pair of shoes, and uh, you can pay me back by working on my farm for a year. Well, Donello thought this was ludicrous. But what could he do? He had no choice. So he went to work for Bondachuk. Day in and day out he slaved, but Danilo was a big man, and the landlord fed him so little that he was always hungry. Finally, one day, when he felt he just didn't have the strength to continue, he went to Bondachuk and he complained, How can I work when all day long my stomach aches and rumbles so? Again, Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll get my wife to give you a boiled egg every morning. And that way you'll have the strength to continue to work, and by the end of the year you will have paid off your debt. All right? Danilo agreed and went back to work. For an entire year, Danilo worked like a dog. He plowed and he planted and he threshed just to pay for a pair of shoes. And though he was still hungry, that boiled egg did help to give him the strength he needed to continue working. Now, by Danello's sweat, the farmer prospered with bountiful crops and a rich harvest. And when the year was almost up, he really wanted to keep Danello working for him. And so one day he called him to his house. So you finally paid for the shoes, said Bondacha, stroking his long black mustache. That's right, said Danilo. And did you get a boiled egg to eat every morning, said Bondacha, as he furrowed his bushy eyebrows. 
Yes, replied Danilo. Oh, Bondaccia gasped and rolled his eyes as if he was in great pain. Do you realize what you have done? What do you mean? asked Danilo. What have I done? Why, you have devoured three hundred eggs. If my wife would have put those eggs under brood hens, they would have hatched into three hundred chicks. Those three hundred chicks would have grown into three hundred hens that would have laid a thousand more eggs. Those thousand eggs would have hatched into a thousand chicks. I could have sold those thousand chicks at the market for quite a sack of money. So you see, you, Donello, you have cost me a sack of money. Why, if I take you to court, the judge will make you work for me for at least another year. Donello listened to that tirade, and when it was over, he said, Have it your way, you cheat. But I'll not work for you, not for another minute. And with that, he stamped his foot, turned around, and walked out the door. But when he had cooled down, he fell into despair. Oi, Boże, što zimnoju bude? What is to become of me? How could he possibly win in court against a rich man? As he wandered the roads aimlessly, he came upon an old hutzel, a mountain dweller. What troubles you, my friend? said the old man. Now, this hutzel was not only old, he was wise, and in his pocket he carried a blue mirror, and in it he could see where the rabbits slept, and how the stars fell into the sea, and what made the sun smile. He understood the languages of trees, and why the moon spread her skirts of melancholy over the hills. Danilo told him the whole story, and he finished off by saying, So you see, Bondachuk has me for good. I worked for him for an entire year, and now he's taking me to court. A rich man's greed knows no bounds, said the Hutzel. So you mean there's no hope, replied Danilo. Might makes right, and beggars can't be choosers. The judge is a learned man, but in my mirror he would see nothing. And with that he pulled out his mirror, and he gazed up into the sky and down to the ground and around to the forests and the mountains. And then he smiled and motioned for Danilo to come closer, and he whispered something in Danilo's ear. Danilo nodded. And smiled and went on his way. The day of the trial arrived. Bundarchuk walked into the courtroom, strutting like a peacock, wearing a fine velvet suit. The judge and the clerk took their places and they waited for Danilo. They waited. Minutes turned into hours. Bundarchuk began tugging at his mustache. Where is that fool? The judge looked at his watch, and the clerk tapped his fingers nervously on the desk. Finally, when they were just about to give up, the door to the courtroom burst open, and in walked Danello, heaving and panting. 
"'Excuse me, Your Honor,' he said, "'but I have been very busy.' "'What do you mean?' said the judge. "'What do you mean, busy?' Well, I was busy boiling potatoes and planting them, boiling barley and planting it, boiling oats and planting them. Wait a minute, said the judge. You can't get a crop from boiled potatoes or boiled barley. Well, surely I can, replied Donello. Just as surely as Bondachuk says he could get a thousand chicks from the boiled eggs that his wife fed me. The judge looked at Bondarchuk. What kind of eggs did your wife give Donello? Boiled eggs, stuttered Bondarchuk. The judge looked at the clerk, and then at Donello, and then at Bondarchuk, and he began to laugh. And then the clerk began to laugh, and Donello began to laugh, but Bondarchuk did not laugh. He stood there looking bewildered, tugging at his mustache, and then he grabbed his coat and hat, and he walked out of the court. And as his carriage clattered away, he could still hear them laughing. But that was the last time the rich man tried to take a peasant to court. Cultural themes are quite common in Ukrainian folk tales. Many of the Ukrainians who came to Canada in the early 1900s were farmers, and they came at the invitation of the then Minister of the Interior, Clifford Sifton, who praised these stalwart peasants in sheepskin coats. However, that reference to men in sheepskin coats soon became a derogatory term, as the newcomers were looked on with suspicion by the established population and it didn't take long before the immigrants began to encounter men like the Bundachuk in the story of the stolen postalea. My father came to Canada in 1930 and worked for farmers during the difficult years of drought and depression. One year my father tried to earn a little bit of extra money by catching the gophers that would cause great devastation to the crops. He was disappointed, though, that the farmer he worked for wanted to deny him even that. It was a story he often told me, so one day I decided to write it down, and it came out in the form of a poem. Here it is. Sure can do a lot of damage to the crops, those gophers, said Mr. Nicholson, sipping tea. Farmer with a reputation had 20,000 in the bank. 1934 is going to be a bad year for them, they say. 
Municipalities paying one cent apiece. Mike nodded. Immigrant hired seven months for one hundred dollars. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs. Sunset late on spring days. Gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet for proof, put them in a box. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs, gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet, added them to the box. No chance to cash them in. Mr. Nicholson, you going to town? How about you take my gophers? Sure, Mike. Returning in his wagon, Mr. Nicholson holds out two dollars and thirty seven cents. Mike, you got those gophers from my farm. You work for me. My daughter wants a coat. How about I keep one dollar? Sure, Mr. Nicholson, sure. If he had a daughter, he'd rather she wear sheepskin than rodent. Beyond the Blue Mirror is a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Je remercie de son soutien le Conseil des Arts du Canada. I would also like to thank Ethnic FM CKER Radio for the Roger Charest Senior Award for Broadcast and Media Arts administered through the Ukrainian Resource and Development Center at Grant McEwen College in Edmonton. The folktale in this program is based on The Stolen Postelet and the Boiled Eggs from the book The Magic Egg and Other Tales from Ukraine, retold by Barbara J. Suen and edited by Natalie O. Kononenko. Copyright 1997 by Libraries Unlimited Incorporated. Used with the permission of Greenwood Publishing Group, Westport, Connecticut. 
The poem, Spring Harvest, is based on the recollections of my father, Mike Michalanko. My gratitude to him for allowing me to share it with you. Introductory music for this series is taken from Dance 5, from the CD Prairie Nights and Peacock Feathers, performed by Paris Tukayu, distributed by Alesha Records. This program also features excerpts from Hutzel Fantasy from the CD Ablaze, performed by Vasil Popoduk, and the original composition Krajina Kazke from the CD Reflections of Our Pioneers, performed by Duet Marena. I'm Linda Mikolayenko. You may reach me through my website, lindathestoryteller.ca. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Victor's Vignettes, stories about life in Soviet and post-Soviet Ukraine by Viktor Sergeyev of Mykolaiv, Ukraine. I am Sergei Kaznadi in Toronto. The year was 1991. Two young men from the University of Jerusalem arrived in Mykolaiv. They were both Orthodox Jews with traditional black beards and black hats and to my knowledge, the first Americans to come to our city. They came with a mission, to attend the reopening of a synagogue that had existed in our city before World War II. I met them through my friend Igor. Igor is Jewish, and some of his family had emigrated to San Diego, California. Igor knew how much I loved to speak English whenever the opportunity presented itself. One lucky day Igor said to me, Come to our newly created Jewish children's summer camp, and you will be able to converse with Americans. The reopening of the synagogue was a great event for Mikolaev Jews. The few who did not take part in the great exodus of Jews leaving Ukraine for Israel. Some preferred to remain in our city and restore at least some of what together the Nazis and Soviets destroyed, such as this synagogue. But our two young visitors knew very little about it, so they turned to me, a native of the city, for help. They said to me, it's located somewhere at Moskovskaya Street. We do not know the address exactly. Can you ask the old people? Possibly they can still remember the place. Well, I was young at that time, so I asked my mother if she knew anyone who could help my friends. She also knew about my love of speaking English, so she asked around on my behalf. Finally, she located an old Jewish woman. I asked her, do you know location of the synagogue that was in Mykolaiv before the war? She said, we had six synagogues in Mykolaiv. Which one do you mean? I said, the one that will be reopened soon. Don't you know which one is that? She said, do you know the ancient monumental building that was the Soviet Medical Workers Club? That building was the synagogue. And so our visiting Americans finally found what they had come for. As it turned out, only one was actually an American. His name was Beryl, the other was named Israel, and he was from Israel. Beryl was very approachable and friendly. So my friend Gennady and I invited him over for dinner. It was a bit of a challenge. He asked for kosher food and absolutely new glasses for drinking. 
He explained how we could provide a kosher meal, eggs and vegetables and no meat at all. Of course, we knew nothing about kosher food. For that matter, we had not even heard this word before. So we called what we made for him pseudo-kosher food. Many of our local traditions made him wonder, for example, fish and beer. He found the combination odd, which surprised me. Personally, I think fish and beer is a good and natural combination, and it's actually kosher, or at least pseudo-kosher. But I guess, for our Jewish-American friend, it was a matter of personal preference. Gennady and I had the great pleasure of speaking only English all evening long. It was such a rare treat to meet foreigners in our city. In Soviet times, Mikolaev was closed to foreigners for military purposes. Today the Internet has opened up the world, but the world was a very different place in 1991. Beryl told us about his life in America. He had been a young street gangster in New York. Then he found religion, and his life changed dramatically. His words reminded me of the stories I heard told by various religious missionaries who came to our city. I attended a few of their meetings, not because I was interested in religion, but because I wanted to speak English. As it turned out, the missionaries were from all over the world, Mexicans, Gypsies, Indians, Koreans, and others. So much for speaking English. I did tell them, though, that if they wanted a receptive audience for a message strong on religion and weak in English, they should find another place for their mission. I told Beryl this story. It made him smile, and he said, Let us not talk of religion at all. There are many other things to speak about. And so there we were. We spoke about various other aspects of life and discovered that our lives differed dramatically. I saw Beryl only once since that evening. He ended up becoming the head of the synagogue. Many years later, someone, I don't remember who, told me that he died in a traffic accident. I still remember with fondness August of 1991. It was a momentous month. My darling daughter Julia was born. It so happened that the night we dined with Beryl, my wife was eight months pregnant. And that month, August of 1991... Ukraine became an independent country. I am Serhii Kaznadi in Toronto, Canada. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Victor's Vignettes, stories from the life of Viktor Sergeyev in Mykolaiv, Ukraine. You can find Viktor's original transcripts and commentary at his blog, Vignettes, Life in Ukraine. For audio archives and links, visit www.nashholos.com. So until next time, do pobaczenia. Даруй, Боже мой, Украине, Вильни.
Истри зубом шапка и нічна зоря. Побратима мого зачепила, куля вражая. Побратима мого зачепила, куля вражая. Він лежить на листі пізньою весною, Зоря. Його поховаю рядом з Яною Квадраторя. Його поховаю рядом з Яною Квадраторя. About the war in Ukraine, that was called Storostil Kufaika, which refers to rapid fire of machine guns and um, the gear that people wear, toques and hoodies and sweatshirts and normal life and the contrast. And coming up next is a group from Winnipeg that um, one of the duo is no longer with us. Uh, they were very popular back in the 1960s, and uh, they were called Mickey and Bunny, and here they are now with a song about the Carpathian Mountains. Субтитры 
Všetkým čele našu programu, že často domov vyskazate, do pobačenia. Ale predtým ja chcem zalešiť vás takými slovami múdrosti. Korín nauke terpke, ale plíd z neho solodke. And our proverb of the week translates as the root of knowledge is bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Well, that just about brings us to the end of another edition of Nashville's Ukrainian Roots Radio here on CHLY 101.7 FM in Nanaimo. You can catch the podcast and find more information about our station at chly.ca. As well, visit the Nashville's website to keep in touch with us. That's www.nashville's.com in between broadcasts. And make sure to follow me and CHLY on Facebook and Twitter. So one last toe tapper here on Nash Holos, and that'll be the Ukrainian Connection and Sal's Polka. Then stay tuned for Kelt in a Twist with Vancouver's Patricia Fraser, followed by Jukebox Oldies with our very own Bobby B. Cool. So on behalf of all of us here at CHLY and Nash Holos, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, Dopabachinya. <laughs>
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.